to the Louis Bellina Show Friday. We end another week together. The Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Friday is a great day. It's my favorite day of the week. And it's not just the Louis Bellina Show. It's just the day Friday. The weekend is here. If you had a bad week, screw it. It's over. It's Friday. If you had a great week, Friday is the cherry on top. I know for a lot of people that live in the real world, 9 to 5, Friday 5 o'clock is the most glorious time of each and every week because it's over. So I love Friday. Today on the Louis Bellina Show, we're going to talk a lot of well Aggie football. I know we're going to take a look at the NFL wildcard weekend. I know at 12.05, Bryce Jones, barbecue pit master for the Smoking Aces competition team, will join me here live inside the Charles Schwab studio for the entire hour. Bryce Jones, every Friday, noon till 1. And Bryce and I are going to talk Major League Baseball, Astros, Rangers, and a bit more. At 11.55, high school sports update. Thank you, thank you, Kelly Burtozer. You are the final part of the Friday equation. Actually, every day on the Louis Bellina Show. You text me, 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. What are you going to do with your sports weekend? Do you have a beer recommendation for me? Questions, comments, or opinions? 979-693-1150. Once you hit send, I will read your message inside the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. It's where all your text messages pop up Monday through Friday, 11 to 2. I say, what are you going to do with your sports weekend? You know, the natural answer, NFL playoffs, the wild card round. I can explain myself as a sports fan. I don't know if this is true for you. I only know what my truth is. When the wild card round used to be like one day, or was it like one day and Saturday night, but the wild card round is now two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and a Monday night. And on a very basic level, for me, Louis Bellina, As a sports fan, I can't do three days of the NFL. I cannot. I mean, it's not good enough. Well, I know that the NFL is the platinum standard. The whole world watches it. If the whole world jumped off a bridge, would I? No. And that's part of my problem with the NFL. When I'm a fan of a sport, I want to be able to watch the sport. I like to watch my favorite team you know, the team in its division, conference, and more. But it's to the point where I also get a little addicted as a sports fan. And the NFL wants me to watch in the regular season Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. No, the product's not good enough. College football's a little bit different. When you're not watching SEC, okay, group of five, It's almost like it's for entertainment purposes. You know, when you have your Tuesday Maction, Wednesday Conference USA, 
you know you don't have to watch. It's not relevant to the national championship. It's not relevant to your team. It's like, would you like a little entertainment tonight? Sure. Well, we're about to have a 52-48 Mac game. Tune in. Oh, okay. We're in the NFL. Every game counts, and it's the pro league. And, and turn in Thursday night to see the Browns take on the Commanders. Shoot me. Just shoot me in a knee. Pick one. Just can't do it with the NFL. So it's three days of wild card weekend. I guess I could pick a day, right? But then that's the fear of missing out. Is that FOMO? FOMO. Which day do I watch? And what if the great games are the other day? Yeah, I have trouble engaging, in case you can tell, <clears throat> with the concept of the NFL. The wild card round ends up being better than the uh, divisional round. The championship round is money, and the wild card ends up just being potty potty weekend. What do you think? What are you going to do at your sports weekend? A couple of NFL games, cold and free beer, my favorites. That's not the worst recommendation or weekend I've heard. And yes, what are my two favorite kinds of beer? I've been asked many a time. Cold and free, with free being first, cold being second. Let us go to the maroon and white notebook. We begin with Go Aggie Baseball. Go Aggie Baseball? Okay, we'll try this again. Go Aggie Basketball. Go Buzz. Go Aggie Basketball. Go. Saturday, South Carolina, 5 o'clock. Aggie Hoops tries to go to 4-0. You'll be able to hear that game on our Patna station, News Talk 1620 and 94.5. South Carolina, 8-8, eight and 1-2 eight, and two in SEC play. Aggies, 11-5, and 3-0, oh, have won five straight. Last time out, South Carolina did beat a struggling, spiraling Kentucky team at Kentucky, that's of note. And it's another SEC road game, which never, ever should be taken for granted. You want to see the Aggies continue this curve, this upswing? I don't want to say a team you should be. You have to be very careful. Football's not basketball. In football, your record can handle like 90% of who should win. You can't say going on the road to South Carolina, a team that just beat Kentucky and Kentucky, and you should win. But man, 4-0 sounds good. After that, it's weird the way this schedule's playing out. Florida and Kentucky is next week. That's two games that they should win? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I almost feel like if they win Saturday, they're going to start 6-0. and If they lose on the road at South Carolina, then the following Saturday when they're at Kentucky, <laughs> that game, you know, has opened up as a question mark again. The toughest part of this Aggie schedule is the end. 
They wrap up Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. That is a brutal final five, but that's a long, long time from here. Can you do it again on the road? Prove yourself a road warrior team to open the year. If so, I think they go 6-0. and Maroon and White Notebook, and this is why I had Aggie Baseball baseball stuck in my head, but yesterday I got an email. And truth is, I get emails every day, but this one, A&M Baseball will host its second annual first pitch banquet Saturday, February 4th. It's a part of the 2023 Alumni Weekend. The first pitch banquet, it's a new uh, tradition that Coach Slosh himself has started up. It'll be held at the Ford Hall of Champions inside Kyle Field. Doors open at 6. The event starts at 7. What can you expect at the first pitch banquet? Dinner. A glimpse at the upcoming 2023 season. A look back at 2022. Presentation of last year's team awards. And there'll be more to come. You go in as an individual, you're no small group, 125 a ticket. First come, first serve, 125 a ticket. There's a limited amount of, yo, VIP tables, 2,500 bucks. The table seats 10, so 250 each, basically. Pretty excited. Now, part of the entire day of the first pitch banquet, there's a scrimmage, 1.30 at Bluebell Olsen. There's a scrimmage, 1.30 at Bluebell Olsen. So there you go. First pitch banquet, tickets for sale, tables for sale, kick off the 2023 Aggie baseball season. Maroon and White Notebook. Yesterday, the Football Writers Association of America. I wonder if there's a Football Writers Association of Bagwanistan. Because I didn't know there's any other association of football writers other than of America. I'm a member. I'm, I guess I'll write the head of the chapter or whatever and go, hey, man, is there any other one? I mean, why are we of America? Texas A&M football's Evan Stewart was named a freshman All-American by FWAA. Stewart, we watched him. Do I, do I need to sell him to you? Number one in the nation among freshmen. Eighth overall in the SEC, averaging 64.9. Round up, round up, round up. 65 yards per game. 53 receptions. Let all league freshmen and ranked among the top five freshman performances all time, Texas A&M. So Evan Stewart, football writers, AA of all American team. I'm a member of the Football Writers Association of America. I don't know if it's been 15, 17, 20 years now. I never vote in any of our votes because I think it would be disingenuous because I don't do enough research, nor will I. Because at the end of the year, if they want me to vote in the running back category, I could go back and pull numbers, but I don't think you'll have context with just cold numbers on a page. 
So I just don't deem myself uh, qualified enough. So I, I usually refrain from voting in uh, the things we have. I'll take a timeout. We'll be back. More maroon and white notebook. M- notebook. More of the Louis Valina show live inside the Charles Schwab studio Friday. Just getting started on the Louis Bolina Show, presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Two remarkable businesses, one great family. How about we just keep rolling in the maroon and white notebook? There's just a lot of little things came across my desk, my screen today. Like Miles Jones, former A&M cornerback, went into the transfer portal, going to Duke, going to reunite with Mike Elko. That's a feel-good story for me. Miles Jones was on a upwards trajectory, but injury, injury, and never quite back to form at AM. He'll go try and finish out. I don't know if he has one year left, two years with Corona years and stuff. It's always hard to know, but he will be going to Duke and play for Mike Elko. Bobby Petrino is the offensive coordinator at AM. You know this. He's brought along with him one of his guys. Former UNLV and Missouri State offensive analyst Miles Fishback has joined the staff at AM. Fishback was a running backs coach and co special team coordinator at Moorhead State. That was 2022. He, uh, let's see, had been a graduate assistant on Petrino's staff at Missouri State at UNLV. He took a job there with him. So, He's a Petrino guy. Miles Fishback played his college ball at Butte College. Began his career at the JUCO level in Cali. He then went to Adams State, D2 program in Colorado. He was the running backs coach there 2019. They went back to Butte College in 2020 as the wide receivers coach. So Miles Fishback. Now a member of the A&M program, a Petrino guy. Something I was reading earlier today. Oh, ESPN spoke to seven different football coaches and kind of got their predictions for 2023. Of course, they have to remain anonymous, the coaches themselves, or else they'll never speak honestly. They don't want any of it to come back to bite them. But seven different football coaches, kind of their predictions for the upcoming season. And really what it ended up being is they had one thought per conference and some thoughts under it versus seven prediction. When it came to the SEC, Georgia widens the gap with SEC competition. Tennessee lost a lot, including some key defenders. Alabama just lost their best two players Period. And Alabama is just perceived to be slipping now. They haven't won a national championship in two years. My gosh. Here's what was interesting from ESPN. The seven coaches they talked to were probably the most intrigued with Texas A&M. Seven coaches they talked to, quote, perhaps most intrigued with Texas A&M. Why? 
Aggie's combination of talent and chaos. SEC offensive coaches who faced Texas A&M said the defensive front could stack up with Georgia and the league's best. But like a lot of people, these coaches are waiting for the pin, grenade, and Petrino. Just waiting for it all to blow up. Quote, Bobby Petrino has boom or bust potential. Like many, coaches are fascinated to see how their two personalities will coexist. Quote, they'll probably get into some fist fights, is a quote. So, it's not just Aggies fascinated by the Bobby Petrino hire, but other coaches as well, it would appear. You know, when these seven coaches looked at the Big 12, and it's something I've already realized, but TCU is not just reload and go, right? TCU lost a first-round wide receiver, second-round wide receiver, a third-round wide receiver, third or fourth-round quarterback, third or fourth-round running back, and three offensive linemen. If your name's not Alabama or Georgia, and you lost the list I just listed, you're in trouble. And as most of us know, they lost their offensive coordinator in Garrett Riley, who's going to Clemson. So TCU might have to just step back a lot after the big run. The coaches, the seven anonymous ESPN spoke to, are almost fascinated how Texas, you know, didn't win. They thought that Texas was the Big 12's most talented overall team last year. They believe that Texas is the most talented team in the SEC, SEC, Big 12, Big 12, this year. If you got the most talented team, how do you end up 13 and 12 the past two years? And B. John Robinson's now gone. And you're going to have to deal with a, a dogged quarterback competition. I don't think quarterback competitions ever help the teams. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting take, take down thought process on Texas. Finally, when it came to Big Ten, you know I'm a Wisconsin. I'm a Badger empathizer, sympathizer, right? They can't wait to see what a Longo offense looks like in Wisconsin because, you know, that's two things you never thought would go together. Ever, ever, ever? Wisconsin picked up three quarterbacks in the portal this offseason trying to find the right one. Yeah, just a little bit interesting, fascinating. We're going to leave the Maroon and White notebook. We'll just simply go the college football notebook. I got a lot. Of, I got notebooks everywhere, okay? Remember yesterday? I'm sure you do to some degree, but you want me to be more specific than just say, remember yesterday. Here on the Louis Bellina Show, we're talking about Mississippi State hiring App State OC uh, Kevin Barbe. And I told you that Dave Bartu is really high on him. So I looked it up, college football matrix. And here was one of, you know, Hale State snared Kevin Barbe from App State with a two-year rising star grade for Barbe. 
quote, they have some of the best arcs in college football. The other person he's talking about is Auburn wide receiver coach uh, Marcus Davis. Auburn signed Marcus Davis. So Marcus Davis and Kevin Barbe, again, quote, best arcs in college football. It became official yesterday, something we've known, but Conor McQueen is now officially the OC at Incarnate Word. Again, Zach Calzada transferred there. Uh, Aggie quarterback playing for Aggie quarterback. Pretty cool. Yesterday, Derek Mason decided that he's going to take a sabbatical from coaching in college. Derek Mason put out a Twitter post and said after 30 consecutive seasons in football, timeout time. He needs to rest and reflect on opportunities within the game I love. He was the head coach at Vanderbilt. And then he had the one year at Auburn, and now it'll be one year at Oklahoma State. I will say again, I have no idea what's going on in Stillwater. With their transfers from both sides of the ball, tell you there's something wrong, something seriously wrong. There's something wrong and rotten going on in the program. There's high transfer portaling from both sides of the ball. More notebook. Oh, you know this, we said it, but Garrett Riley is the new offensive coordinator at Clemson per multiple sources. If you want to know how you handle an offensive coordinator search, Clemson fired their OC in the afternoon, had their new OC by the news at 10. That's how you that's how you do an OC search. That's how you do a hire. Basically, both happen within 12 hours of each other, if not closer to eight hours of each other. And done. If you're TCU, losing your offensive coordinator, TCU, losing their offensive coordinator, Clemson, is a brutal, brutal reminder of your role in the world. That you're not one of the big boys. Congrats, you made the college football playoff, but you're still not Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State. Clemson stepped in and stole your OC. You were not willing to ante up. You weren't willing to, you know, stop him at all costs, basically checkbook-wise. And that's, you know... Within a week of the national championship, he gone. Now, on the AM side, I had people who who were mean to me and picked on me, who kept telling me, you're an idiot, Lou. The reason it's taking so long is it's Garrett Riley. You know, man, the people that do that stuff never come back and go, oh, my bad, bro. I never get that. It's always, you're an idiot. Everyone knows they're hiring Garrett Riley and they have to wait for TCU to be done. And then they hire Petrino before TCU is even done. And nobody ever texts back to go, yeah, man, I'm sorry. But what does it say? The difference between Clemson and A&M and Clemson can go get Riley and 
A&M got Petrino. I think that's another one of those things that you got to think about. 979-693-1150. That is my text message number. You hit send. I'll see your message inside the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. I'll be right back. This is the Louis Bolina Show on a Friday. Friday at Smoothie King. It's free. What? They've got Upsize Friday. Free Upsize Friday. Where a small smoothie is a medium smoothie for free every Friday at Smoothie King. And today's Friday. Show presented by BNB Automotive and Superior Auto Service at 1155. High school sports update. Thank you, thank you, Kelly Burt Dozer at 12.05. Bryce Jones will join me inside the Charles Schwab studio. I just remembered something. I wanted to do a listen in yesterday and just completely forgot. And this is a really good one, or else I wouldn't even bring it up, okay? This is my boy. Greg McElroy, breaking down the ESPN way, way, way to early top 25. Um, Mark has the Georgia Bulldogs, number one, not surprisingly. He has uh, Ohio State, number two. I think the most interesting thing. It's Reese Davis, the ESPN College Game Day podcast, him plus one. Sorry. And this was right after the championship game, too. I love listening to ESPN break down its own way to way. Top 25 too early. Um, Mark has the Georgia Bulldogs, number one, not surprisingly. He has uh, Ohio State, number two. I think the most interesting thing when you look at Michigan at three, Florida State at four, Alabama at five, Penn State at six, USC at seven, LSU, no Clemson, LSU at eight, Oregon at nine, Tennessee at 10, Washington at 11, TCU at 12. Mark, you forgot about Clemson. Did he leave Clemson? Utah at 13, Notre Dame at 14, 15. Clemson at 15. Well, that'll get, that'll give Dabo a little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, I, you know what? If, if Clemson wins the national championship next year, can you imagine Dabo on the podium after being picked 15th in the preseason? <laughs> yeah. But I, I just think it, it is an interesting time to reflect and look forward. And obviously, we love the sport so much. We're already thinking about next year, which is both sad and telling and kind of awesome in a, yeah. in a, in a, in a lot of ways. And I would I would think that I think Michigan, I might put it too, if I know Jim Harbaugh's the coach. Yeah, if Jim Harbaugh's back, they've got their quarterback back. is such an important thing uh, in this sport. And I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth on that topic because Georgia's quarterback is not back. But I, I'm confident that they'll be able to replace him. I think McCarthy's going to take a giant step forward. I would probably have Michigan number two. Yeah, and Blake Corum obviously said he's coming back uh, this afternoon. He announced that today, which is, uh, I mean, Blake Corum could have won the Heisman Trophy yeah. if he doesn't hurt his knee uh, yeah. going into that Ohio State game. So. I felt a little bit like Kendra Miller 
in how today unfolded for him was like Blake Corum. He yeah. just didn't take a snap. I don't think he took a snap. If he did, yeah. it may be a ceremonial one, but I don't I don't think he did either. So I'm walking out of the locker room with kind of his hoodie over his hoodie over his head. It's just a tough way for Kendra to obviously go out. He has a remarkable talent and had a had a remarkable year. I do think we're go ahead on Michigan. Yeah, no, no, no. I got. I was looking at Florida State. You're scrolling on yeah. your phone for the people yes. who can't see. It will be an off season of relentless optimism. <laughs> yeah, it will be, and that's the one that I'm still a little skeptical of. Not because I don't think they're improved and they're good, but when I when I watched them in their bowl game and a few times over the course of the mm-hmm. season, I, I don't know. If people are going to accuse me of being fixated on comparing things to carnival rides, but they seemed like a roller coaster that was just about to hop the track. Yeah. A lot of times, even in games yeah. when they ended up winning. So I'd like to see a, a little, a little more consistency before I quite jump on the bandwagon. But I certainly do think they can win the ACC. Jordan Travis, is he a top ten player in the sport going into the season? If he's not, he's a top twenty player yeah, in the sport point, going into the sure. season. Again, Maybe we don't 10, know yeah. quite who's all coming back either. So this is all uh, this is all random uh, late night caffeinated uh, optimism and uh, projection. Um, and you know, think- one thing too, the the deficiencies you'd see in Travis. I just made the statement that I think McCarthy's yeah. going to be a big time star yeah. next year. With the amount of improvement that Jordan Travis has yes. made already, if he takes another step, then yeah. he's easily a top 10 player. Yes, I do remember. Uh, so when Jordan Travis was just emerging from that quarterback battle at Florida State, Kenny Dillingham, who was then the Florida State offensive coordinator, told me prom- they were playing up at BC. And I went to the team hotel and he was like, Jordan Travis is going to be a first round pick. Jordan Travis mm-hmm. is going to be a real guy. Mark it down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, 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 Kenny, whatever. So there yeah. were a few text messages this year after some Florida <laughs> State wins from Kenny, <laughs> who had his own things going on with Bo Nix, yeah. reminding me of that uh, of, of that projection. Because I think I don't do a good job hiding skepticism. And, <laughs> and I think he, he caught that in uh in me but it's a great point on his development because it's been real and it will be fun to continue that going jared verse burst out of the gate with yeah. that game against us he was out of the albany transfer who's a dm had some injury issues that slowed him down a little bit i thought he made a great decision coming back and he'll be one of the top defensive players in the country uh this year and really i think can benefit from another uh from a, from another strong year what would make of your tie reese your your alma mater uh next year when you look at I'm a little skeptical of the tide from a sense of I think Bryce Young covered a lot of their sins. And I think that, you know, if he doesn't if he doesn't pull that Houdini act at Texas. Now, again, you can what if your way to Alabama being undefeated, you can what if him to four losses. And it depends on how you view it. But there's no what if that they will they will be a worse team without Bryce Young. They'll be talented. Uh, It's going to be a real question as to who wins the quarterback job, whether it's Jalen Milrow, who will be a really different kind of quarterback than they've ever had similar to Jalen Hurts if he wins it except faster and bigger which in Jalen is a big powerful guy or Ty Simpson who's a little bit more seems to be I haven't seen much of him seems to be reputation wise yeah. a little bit more like the quarterbacks they've had but I think the biggest thing with MP is you, you saw how Georgia dominated on the line of scrimmage Alabama doesn't do that anymore mm-hmm. right? they haven't in the last couple of years not to that degree consistent certainly not on the o-line yeah not on the o-line particularly that's probably a better way to say it. they've flashed on the d-line yeah d-line yeah and the so interior hasn't been what it the was. interior is not there's no jaron readers no jonathan allen there's no uh, deron Payne or you know no marcel darius um they don't have those guys like that they're all at georgia yeah right now in the I interior mean, they've got pass rushers for sure i It'll be interesting. Also, will there be changes on the coaching staff? Will Bill O'Brien go to the NFL? Will he get a head We'd coaching? We'd be pretty stunned if he doesn't. I would be surprised if he doesn't. 
So all of those things are are big questions for them. So, I mean, Georgia to me is a clear-cut favorite in the SEC, and Tennessee and LSU will be right in the mix with Alabama uh, to see who is the challenger to Georgia, if anyone. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to see uh... – you know, there were times tonight where, where I think we, we sensed that the coach Saban was a little bit annoyed, you know, that like he that, you know, it, it's going to be hard to be as competitive and successful he is and to be inserted in this moment as a bystander and observer, and not a competitor. And yeah, I just think that's a very natural and human uh, emotion. And I don't think it's any any indictment on him. And how will he respond to the horror of losing two games, two games, two and, games and not being here and like Bryce Young? had the opportunity to come to the game tonight if he just wanted to come and he just couldn't take it, wouldn't do it yeah. because he was just so frustrated, you know, that they weren't in there. So, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how Saban reacts, how the players react. And, you know, Georgia kind of has that, that feel that Alabama had for a number of years. And that doesn't mean Alabama's not good. And it doesn't mean they've fallen off the cliff and it's over and they'll never win again. But right now, Georgia has that real, the word Kirby always uses this connection. And Alabama, at times this past year, felt a little disconnected. Yeah. And no. so, you know, it'll be yeah. interesting to see if they can recapture it. It zits on the Mona Lisa. But For sure. The, yeah. the aura of invincibility has shifted mm-hmm. east. Right. I don't think there's any other no any, any other way to say it. And, and some of it is. I think of big number 99 is the bear, uh, bear Alexander. Yeah. Bear Alexander. Yeah. Like you think about guys like he's that. a freshman. Yes. Yeah, yes. Made big and number 13 is it, uh, Mikhail, uh, uh Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, like those are the kinds of guys who, when you think of Georgia in the future, you're like, wow, those are linchpin mm-hmm. program guys who are going to grow up into sort of these, you know, they're, they're freaks and there's yeah. no other, there's no other way to say it. This uh, is a team you're kind of high on. You're looking at Penn state there. Schleyball has it number six. Yeah. I like Penn state, man. I, I, I like Penn state. They, uh, they have the best tailback duo in the country for sure. Uh, Drew Aller, all my spies behind the scenes there are raving about him. Um, Penn State hasn't had a first-round pick at quarterback since Kerry Collins in 1995. Now, I'm not saying this kid's definitely going to be a first-round pick, but there is a tool set when you see him on the hoof and you saw him on the hoof at, at the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. that gets you uh, that, that gets you pretty excited. And uh, Abdul Gargantuan. Yes. No. I mean, it's like yeah, when I went to a spring ball, I was like, whoa. Yeah, like it was just yeah. you know, um, you can only learn so much from like a random March spring practice, but that was like seared in my mind and. Everything is lined up, you know, just from what you hear about him and uh, the the things he does. They have uh, a, a very good physical defensive line. They have Abdul Carter, who seems like he's going to be the next great Penn State linebacker. He wears he wears eleven, like all those other freaks have. And uh, Top Robinson, yeah, Top Robinson's right there. I mean, like they have recruited. Really they have recruited at such a level mm-hmm. where these are the types of guys you you expect to emerge. And Chop Robinson, you know, has emerged as uh, that. I said this on the pod last week. I think Devin Carter, the receiver from NC State, who was hyper productive, made a great decision to uh, to, to go there. And it, it it will be interesting to see. You know, you talk about the connectivity. For some reason, Penn State, when they've had their more talented rosters, haven't had that fullest level of connectivity. Mm-hmm. And is this is this the one to do it? Is Nicholas Singleton the guy who who can who can lead that charge? Is uh, Olu Fashano, the left tackle, who's a top five pick? Is he that linchpin on the O line where maybe they they've struggled to block the Michigans and the Ohio States? Like, do they? They've been so close so mm-hmm. many times, and even when they won the national, the, when they won the Big Ten title, they couldn't get in the playoff. Like, yeah. it just 
it just seems like there's a pretty good playoff case for Penn State. But the traffic in front of them, they got two Maseratis in front of them. They yeah. got they got to figure out a way to split them, and, and that's they, not easy. And they also have been vulnerable to either the face plant blowout loss, which really mm-hmm. hurts the credibility, yes. or that year they also, in addition to that, they lost to Pittsburgh, which is a good yes. team. You know, I, I don't I, look. Maybe there's some Pitt fans going to say, "No, you've got your years mixed up," but. I don't think Pitt was great that year. They were good, but they, they weren't. weren't they weren't great. It wasn't an ACC title one. Yeah, team. right. And so that you got to eliminate that. Both the face plant getting beat forty nine to ten type games, and and the ones you've got to win the ones you're supposed to if you're going to elevate and get into the playoff and have a chance to win the championship. Yes. So with USC at number seven on Mark's list, the folly of talking about this on the night of January 9th is USC because. Their roster changed so drastically from hiring Lincoln to uh, to kick in August that we'd have to think it's going to happen again. We'd have to think that some of their salary cap is going to be shifted to the defensive side of the ball. They need to get better. They need to get better quickly on defense. They obviously lose Tui Tui Polota. Come on, Reed. Tui Tui Polota. Thank you. Tui, I mean, Tui Tui Polota. Tui Tui Polota, who is their best defensive player. Um, uh, Makai Blackman's expected to leave. They just, and they're going to lose some guys on the offensive line who, who played a lot of snaps for them. Um, you know, three, key, three key guys, Voorhees, Nealon and uh, Bobby Haskins. So they, and they weren't exactly a dominant offensive line. They're a functional offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I think their, their defensive line other than Thule was just okay. So Caleb covered a lot of sins yeah. and uh, they need, they need to do a better job uh a better job around him. Makai Lemon, the receiver who's local, is one of the most dynamic receiving prospects in the country. I'd expect him to surge onto the scene into the Pac-12 next year. Yeah, look, here's the whole thing with USC. I know you're not a big movie guy, right? I mean, uh, no. Okay. All right. Do you know? Um, do you know the comedy classic starring Steve Carell of Get Smart? I don't. Okay. That's a little generational, right. though. In the in the Get Smart uh, Steve Carell movie, there's one scene where they're trying to stop the terrorists from whatever it is he was going to do. And the faux president is sitting and watching a concert in the Hollywood Bowl, and a guy runs in at the last minute. Maybe it was Carell. I don't really remember the scene. But he he runs into the conductor, and he, and he tackles him, smashes him, and it was all to stop a bomb from going off. And the president, who I guess was supposed to be like uh, George Bush, says, I like that tackling part. <laughs> that was a very long story to say USC has to learn to like the tackling part. Yeah. And if they don't learn to like the tackling part, then it's not it's not really going to matter. Yeah. The early buzz I heard out of SC this week is they will not part ways with Alex Grinch and they will bring him back. Now, people forget because their offense played so well and they brought in so many pieces on the offense side of the ball that their defensive talent was terrible. So I am of the believer of giving Alex Grinch another chance because I think He's comfortable enough with Lincoln. He's comfortable enough. Like being the defensive coordinator for that offense is a little bit like being a beer can at the end of a station wagon roaring down the highway. You just have to hold on. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough, like, it's not like you're going to be able to bring in Vic Fangio uh, to be to be the defensive coordinator, uh, you know, in, in that. So with that said, I think with better personnel, I think could come better performance. And you really only need to get moderately better. But they were unconscionably bad in the in the postseason. There's no other way to say the, it. The, I mean, there were there were schematic problems because anytime you have guys running through gaping holes and there's no one there, mm-hmm. that by definition is a schematic problem. But I thought the bigger issue 
was that when guys were in position and were getting dragged down the field by the likes of Tulane and mm-hmm. Utah's running backs who are good teams. But if you're playing at USC, transfer portal or or not, you should not be being dragged eight yards down the field and then relinquishing your hold on the ball carrier. Yeah. That shouldn't happen. That should happen maybe once a season. Yeah. And that was happening like repeatedly in those last two games. And, it, you know, they have to fix that or or there's no reason to have a seven by them. It's just an exercise of utility. Yeah. Reese, I'm going to put you on the spot. Just We just went through a few teams. For the 2023 college football playoff, I need your four right now. Okay. Georgia. Yep. Georgia's backups. Georgia's recruiting <laughs> class. And Georgia's transfer portal. What about their analysts? Okay, their analysts? Georgia's analysts. No. <laughs> they have I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'll go. I'll say, I'll say Georgia. I'll say Michigan. I'll say um I'll say Georgia, Michigan, Alabama. And Penn State reserving the right to change my mind. Two teams that one I'll say that Penn State lose one of those two teams will lose to the other and they'll both get in. And so you'll have Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, Michigan. And it'll just be two teams each from the from the big four. Right. With Ohio State working on the outside. And really the only reason I picked Penn State and not Ohio State is just so I wouldn't pick the most predictable four that you could possibly pick unless you would pick Clemson or something. That was elicited. Reese Davis, uh, the ESPN College Game Day crew, taking a look at the way, way, way too early ESPN Top 25. Hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. When we return, high school sports update. Thanks to Kelly Burt Dozer. This is the Louis Bellina Show, live and inside the Charles Schwab studio. Friday style. The Louis Bellina Show. Like I said, hour one is done. I'll be back with Bryce Jones. Hello, sports fans. I'm Zach Taylor with your high school sports update on The Zone. This update is brought to you by Kelly Burt Dozer. Plenty of high school hoops action this evening. The AM Consolidated Boys head to Montgomery at 6.30. The same time, College Station hosts Brenham and Rudder entertains Montgomery Lake Creek. Brian squares off with Harker Heights at 7. Navasota has the night off, but Coach Chris Randolph says the work won't stop for the Rattlers. We'll have our practice during our athletic period, and then we're going to give them off after school on Friday. And, and really the main reason for that is our coaching staff, we're going to kind of split up and we're going to go scout a couple of our future opponents next week we play we play Meadville on Tuesday and then we play Royal on Friday and we haven't seen those two teams yet so we're gonna divide and conquer if you will and and go watch us some high school basketball and get a look at those two teams before we uh, take them on next week so that's kind of our plan as of now. Randolph and the Rattlers enter the bye at 9 and 11 overall and 3 and 1 in district play. In Taps, a Crosstown showdown tonight as Allen Academy entertains St. Joe's at 7. Meanwhile, Brazos Christian meets up with Waco Riker at 7.30. On the girls' side of the court, Consol will host Montgomery at 6.30. The same time, College Station travels to Brenham and Rudder plays Lake Creek. Brian heads to Harker Heights at 7 o'clock. Allen Academy takes on St. Joe's in a battle of BCS teams. Lady Eagles head man Seth Walker on what fans should come to expect from his squad. They can expect to see uh, hustle and hard work for four quarters, no matter if we're 
you know, in a close game, if we're, if we're up by 20 in a, in, or if we're, we're down by 20, um, you know, the girls that we put on the court are going to work hard. You know, and if, the, uh, if you're playing against us at the end of the night, you're going to be exhausted because we're going to try to run you up and down the court all night. St. Joe's will look to tire Allen out this afternoon when the two teams duke it out at 5.30. Elsewhere, Brazos Christian takes on Waco Riker at 6. Out on the soccer pitch, Christy Gorman found the net in the 24th minute to lift the Bryan girls over Bastrop last night 1-0. Meanwhile, six different players scored for the Viking boys as they rolled past Palestine Westwood 7-zip. The guys will be back in action this evening when they meet up with Rudder in a BISD battle. The Rangers fell to Colleen Shoemaker yesterday 4-3. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock at Merrill Green Stadium. And that's been your high school sports update brought to you by Kelly Bird Dozer. On The Zone, I'm Zach Taylor. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.